When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to NFL Live. Just 15 days away from the start of the 2022 NFL regular season, and soon we get to see Devontae Adams with the Raiders, that new team in Vegas. He joined the pivot and explained why he's so excited to play in the Raiders' offense now. So no looking back to the Packers for him. But speaking of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers lit into his receivers, and now Sammy Watkins is telling everyone why A-Rod is better than Mahomes. Do the guys agree? We'll talk about it. Plus, Dak Prescott says the Cowboys are in a better spot now than they were last year this time. Hear why he's so optimistic in just a bit and see if these boys agree. We got Tim Hasselbeck in studio, Ryan Clark here as well. Here's that means we got two hosts, Here's right? what I'm going to say. The fact that you just did that so well after me trying to do it and them only giving me one step, now I'm really embarrassed. Oh, and you even went down the stairs, the whole thing. Oh, I'm just going to host on radio. Wow. No, no, you're going to be back hosting this show. Adam Schefter's with us for the rest of the show as well. He's got some news. Guys, this quarterback situation in Seattle is fascinating, so let's start there, if you will, with me. Pete Carroll keeps saying that Geno Smith does have the slight edge over Drew Locke, but after Locke wasn't able to play in Thursday's game because of COVID, this battle's still neck and neck. And a reminder, the Monday Night Football season opener right here on ESPN is Seahawks versus the Broncos and their former quarterback, Russell Wilson. So here's Pete Carroll on the current QBs. I can go ahead and just call it, but I'm, I want to let the guys battle and let them show you know, where they are and let us get as much information as possible. Um, Gino's done a really good job of being in that position. Uh, his voice is solid. He's on point all the time. He's been very consistent with his work, all of that. And Drew has been really sharp. I know it's not supposed to be a good situation when you have two quarterbacks. It means you don't have one, as the old saying, you know. But I don't know. That's, that we might have two ones. We'll see what happens. We'll get back to that, okay? While Geno Smith and Drew Locke are at different points in their careers, both are looking to secure the starting role in Seattle, sharing quite a few similarities, and you see it numerically there. Both were second-round draft picks. Both have a career 59% completion percentage, and they're separated by just three points in total QBR. Based on the numbers, easy to see why this is a tight race, and if you see them in practice as well, you get a little bit more of a sense of that. But, Tim, when you just heard what Pete Carroll said, mm -hmm. let's try to – decipher some of that what are your thoughts on their situation my thoughts are this that um they don't have two ones that that's my mm. thoughts on this but here here's how i read this situation look they wanted drew lock to be the starting quarterback he hasn't played better than geno smith some of that's because he's missed time because of COVID. and so now what they have is a backup quarterback who's their starter who can't get beat who is not getting beaten out by a guy who they wanted to be their starter. And so now instead of two ones, they actually have two twos. That's what they have in Seattle. So, like, that's how I'm reading that situation. I think they're disappointed that Drew Locke hasn't come in and played well enough to win the job. Right. Yeah, so, RC, when you think about the quarterbacks, that's one thing, but then there's the rest of the team as well. So considering the thing holistically, how much confidence do you have in Seattle heading into this season? None. Ooh. Yeah, like, Tim, Tim, People are going to think what Tim said was his opinion, but it's actually 100% fact. They literally have two twos. Mm -hmm. Drew Locke was the two behind Teddy Bridgewater, and the guy you're playing the first week, they traded him and a bunch of other things to get that guy. 
the other guy who he's battling for the position with was the guy that actually backed up the guy that you played the first week. So essentially, you really have two twos. I mean, Jay-Z wrote a song about this on Reasonable <laughs> Doubt that was called 22 twos. Mm. They could have fit this quarterback situation into it. And when you look at a team that's already struggling on the back end defensively, they're not strong on the offensive line, and now trying to figure out who is going to be their starting quarterback when they actually do have a solid set of skilled players, right. that's an issue. What you wanted right now, if you're Pete Carroll, is to say Drew Locke is coming here. He's totally won over the locker room. He's done everything he possibly could to be the starting quarterback. Had he done that, whether it was last week, the week before, he would be named the starting quarterback like, much like Baker Mayfield is. But because he hasn't, and you know Geno Smith is the two as well, now you're saying we're just going to wait, which we can name it right now, but we Carolina have two Carolina comparison's perfect. Right. right. On the money. Carolina example is absolutely perfect. Because you see somebody who came in as the new guy and then won over the locker room, was able to win the job. And it's interesting because I was just out there in Seattle and in talking to Pete Carroll and talking to this coaching staff and also seeing how the team reacts to both quarterbacks, certainly Drew Locke getting COVID factors in here. He was supposed to start that second game in the preseason all along. That plan gets foiled. You'll see him play a lot in this final preseason game, but with only three preseason games, they're running out of time mm. here to get Drew Locke an opportunity to really grab this job and run with it. And you mentioned the good skill players. You got DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. Just watching the way that the rest of the offense responded to Geno Smith much more positively than they did to Drew Locke. So some of that's familiarity but I do think it's important context when you think about how this whole thing's going to shake out. And, Adam, when you look at this from a larger standpoint, people say, well, why not bring Jimmy Garoppolo in? He's a guy that is still looking for a spot, potentially. There are two schools of thought there, because if you bring him in, then you're saying, all right, we've got someone who could potentially help us win a lot of games. If you don't bring him in, you say maybe you're looking ahead to the 2023 draft. What are you hearing? Well, Laura, I don't think they're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo right now as a viable option. They're certainly not going to trade for him, and I don't know that they would go ahead and consider him even if the 49ers were to release Garoppolo, which is no guarantee. I think the Seattle Seahawks are waiting for one of these guys to win the job. Drew Locke looked pretty good in the first preseason game against Pittsburgh, and as you mentioned, was on track to start the second week when he got COVID, and so now he'll play the third week. Let's see how he does. But I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is in play for Seattle right now. Don't know that he will wind up being in play for Seattle. Seattle's quarterback looks like it'll come from one of those two guys, and we'll see which one they decide to go with after the final preseason game. Yeah, um, 100%. You can expect to see a ton of Drew Locke in that Game three. So we'll see how that ends up looking. All right. Thanks so much to Adam there. Let's transition on to another quarterback situation that has a lot of conversation around it, but different kind of pressure for Tua Tungavailoa in Miami. Lofty expectations for this Dolphins offense. And they put weapons galore around him, right? So now it's up to him to show what he's capable of. And so far, the team itself feels great. Here's Tua with more. The confidence that the guys have coming out to practice is different confidence that the guys have coming into the building is different you know the way we do things around the building is different just just everything I, I can't necessarily point point to one thing obviously our head coach who is probably one of the most optimistic uh, people I've, I've ever been around and I, I would say just those guys and kind of the, the the leadership that Mike displays for for everyone to see that I think that's what gives the entire the entirety of the team uh, confidence.
Notable additions, including Mike McDaniel, the new head coach. You just heard Tua shouting out in really nice ways there. He's going to be calling the shots. Of course, Tyreek Hill coming in. He was acquired from the Chiefs. They also bolstered the offensive line. I think this could be maybe the most important piece of their addition, signing Teron Armstead and Connor Williams to help out Tua, give him a little more time to throw. So, Tim, after hearing what Tua just said, how do you expect Tua and this Dolphins offense to perform this season? I expect him to have his best year of his entire career. And I, I love how he's talking about this. And I, let me preface this by saying, Tua is not uh, Justin Herbert. And he'll probably never be as good as Justin Herbert. So they missed on that. That's fine. But where are we now? We're now trying to figure out, is Tua Tungavailoa a starting quarterback? I believe he's been unfairly judged through his first couple of years in the NFL, and here's why. His first season, you know, he's got to deal with COVID coming in the season. Mm-hmm. He's coming off of a hip injury. There are plenty of people that know what they're talking about that said, listen, maybe you just redshirt him his first year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Then they fire their offensive coordinator. He's got a new offensive coordinator in year two. We now know there was massive dysfunction right. in the organization, so much so the head coach is suing the National Foot at the time, is suing the National Football League. Now, all of a sudden, you have a coach come in who is going to run an offense that is actually perfect for the skill set that Tua has. You have a ton of talent around him. And now you have this feeling of, wait a second, this might be different. So I think he's been judged too quickly with the circumstances he was in, and I think he's going to play great this season. Like, if anybody knows anything, and I got to play with Troy Palomalu, which is such a blessing, if anybody knows anything about their culture, like, they're kind of laid-back people, right? Tua Tungvaloa is laid-back. Like, we saw when he got to get the auxiliary court at, court at practice, and he's dancing around, having a good time, jamming old R&B. The only training camp I've gone to this offseason that has been miserable to be at was the Raiders, right? Oh, and it was because yeah. Josh McDaniels had everybody so scared. And Channing Crowder, <laughs> who's my partner on the pivot, says, this is exactly how Miami was. If anybody knows wow. a guy like Tua, that's going to be tough to be in because it was Brian Flores. It was from that Belichick tree. And now you get Mike McDaniels, who more than anything knows this. If you have a lot of other good players, around a quarterback that is decent and you make him feel confident and you support him and you put him in the right situation, you might mess around and be in the Super Bowl. And so now you have an opportunity with Tua Tungvaloa. You've added things on the offensive line. You obviously have skill, skill position players that are Ferraris and Maseratis. You have a new <laughs> back. Defensively, you were good last year. He knows he has an opportunity to win. Let's create a positive vibe around him, support him, put him in positions where he can succeed on the field. I think Tua is going to have a great year and be a guy that solidifies his position as a starting quarterback. Adam, coming to you in a second, but I just want to say, you said that so well about Tua Tungavailoa. I think people may hold it against him at times. It's just his personality. He yeah. likes to be a little bit more relaxed and casual and actually led to some of the calm on the field that we saw really benefit him in college. I and mean, he doesn't make his famous play to win the national championship yeah. in overtime if not for being a cool and calm guy. And I hate to keep going back to that, but I do think that's a big piece of who he is and why the McDaniel marriage could really work out. Go ahead, Adam. Well, if you want one more reason why Tua is going to play well this season to tack on to what Ryan and Tim said, how about the fact that he's physically healthy? Which, Mm. again, I think he's still recovering last year. There are other issues in previous years. So physically speaking, I think he's doing well. Mentally, it sounds like. He's doing well. So you combine all those factors with a team that was as busy on the offensive side of the football as any in all of the NFL with a coach who should be something of a quarterback whisperer with all these factors all adding up to give Tua the chance to have the kind of season that the Dolphins would hope that he would have and that they envisioned 
when they drafted him ahead of Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'll go back to what Tim started this segment off saying this should be his best year in the pros. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's read and react some of the latest news around the NFL. After Baker Mayfield was named the starting quarterback for Week 1 for the Panthers against his old team, Tim, the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett said this. Take a listen. I mean, he's my former teammate, but I don't have any. There's no rivalry there between me and him, and there's no rivalry there between you know, the, the Panthers and the Browns. I mean, yes, he was here, but it doesn't mean I have you know, an, an added sense of urgency to, to get to him. I want to I want to play my best, and you know, whatever's in the cards, uh, you know, that's that's what's it for for me. But uh, if I can help my team win, if I can put them in the best position to win. I'm going to do that. And if I can get you know, a couple of sacks along the way, I'd kind of enjoy that too. Kind of enjoy that, right? I mean, Tim, yeah. here's the thing. I, I don't know what we expect people to say in these questions. Are they going to mm-hmm. be like, you know, yeah, I really want to get out there and crush him. But do you agree with Miles Garrett? There's no rivalry here. I do. So just side note, was he wearing a costume? Is he really that big? I think he's actually yeah. that big, which is scary. <laughs> Look, I, there is no rivalry there. I don't think there's really that much bad blood between the current teammates and Baker Mayfield. Baker may feel a certain way about the organization. I think it's going to mean more to Baker, but I don't think his former teammates, I think many of them probably respect the way he tried to play through pain last year. Not like his experience in Denver, or excuse me, Cleveland as their quarterback was worse than the guys prior to him. Right. I think there were some good moments there. So, no, I actually believe him. He did a lot for Cleveland, right? And and listen, for Halloween, we'll get you dressed up like Miles I mean, Garrett. Listen, you know, RC listen. might be able to go <laughs> as Miles Garrett. RC Swole. All right, to the New York Giants, running back Saquon Barkley has a lot to prove this season. He's finally healthy again. So here's Barkley on his headspace right now. Listen to this. Now I'm in a situation where, you, you know me, I, I always have the mindset of always being counted out, but now it's actually here. It's actually real. Um, people are really counting me out. People are trying to write me off because last year it was more like, dang, the game was taken away from me. I, 
I, I, I never had a season when I didn't go play, go and play football. Now it's kill mindset. Now it's like, you know what, everybody, like I'm ready to go crazy. Wow, I mean, listen, Saquon's so talented, he goes crazy, that's good for football. Do you yeah. think he's gonna have a bounce back year? I do think he's gonna have a bounce back year. We actually sat down with him on Monday, and we talked kind of about the same thing. And Saquon Barkley said he sees how everybody has switched up on him, talking about his running style, saying that he's not physical enough. And I think he wants to go out and not only show that he can play, but be physical and be durable. He still believes he's one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he knows that this year it has to be shown or his career in New York is in jeopardy. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I believe it too when he's healthy, but you're right, a really important year for him and for Daniel Jones too. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh, your old team, Mitchell Trubisky and rookie Kenny Pickett battling for the Steelers' starting QB job. Trubisky said this about his preseason play so far. But I've done a lot of great things so far, and I feel really comfortable with where I'm at and how I'm throwing the football and how, uh, how I'm learning the playbook and going through all my reads so far. Would like to do more last game, obviously, but um, hopefully you get another opportunity this week to, to show why I should be. And um, it, it's, it's your whole body of work. So everything I've done in my career up to this point, what I've done in minicamp, um, the practices uh, at Latrobe in the preseason game. So it uh, wasn't the best showing last week as a unit and for myself. So uh, just all you can do is control today and get better from there. And that's what I'm trying to do and have a great week. Adam, what is the latest on the Steelers quarterback situation? Well, Laura, for the most part, Mitch Trubisky has looked very good this summer, but so has Kenny Pickett. Mm. And Kenny Pickett is narrowing the gap between the two quarterbacks. And while Trubisky looks like he'll get the start this weekend and get some reps, it looks like Pickett may get the chance to enter the game even sooner and try to continue to impress the people in the Steelers organization who feel like he's getting better and better every single day. And so Trubisky has looked good, but Pickett is coming on. And I think at some point in time this season, probably sooner rather than later, we're going to see Kenny Pickett line up behind center. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch how that goes down. And you know some of those fans are going to be calling for Pickett as well. Some sad news to report here for the NFL now. Hall of Fame quarterback and broadcaster Lynn Dawson died today at the age of 87. From one Chiefs quarterback to another, Patrick Mahomes tweeting this out earlier today. RIP to the legend Lynn Dawson. The legacy and impact you made on Kansas City will live on forever. Prayers to his family. Lynn Dawson, gone at the age of 87. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
This had been building for quite some time, and it stems back to Devontae Adams' unhappiness with Green Bay. What's going on, folks? We tried to plot and scheme this thing for a long time. It's crazy for the fans with Fresno State. You know it's a blessing to be able to play with him, not only because of the player he is, but he's one of my best friends. We do have confidence that we can do it at this level, too. Raider Nation, I'm here. It's real. You know Derek Carr and Devontae Adams really do go way back, all the way back to college. Devontae in Vegas. It's still a little weird to think about, but, yeah, it really is real. You see him out there at practice. And he's enjoying his time with Derek Carr, right, his buddy. The rest of the offense, though, has impressed him, too. He spoke with the pivot and our guy, RC, on his expectations for what this group is capable of. If we are all singled up, I'm the guy that needs the ball. Like, that's, that's the mentality. And if I don't, I'm coming to a place where everybody can really win on any. If, if, mm -hmm. if Hunter's singled up, yeah. I know Hunter going to win that. And if yeah. Darren's singled up, Hunter, uh, Darren might go and score, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. based off some of the matchups he's dealing with. So, and me, <laughs> I'll, that's real. That's that's real. So, uh, and, yeah. and that's that's what that's what fired me up. And really, it's more than that. Get deeper. Like, we got we got a lot of dudes that's on the same type of time. You think Channing was excited about that? <laughs> hey, that's a, Channing is exactly the depiction of Derek Carr when he's listening to Devontae Adams describe that. That should be a meme. Uh, Devontae Adams is excited to play alongside Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro for these reasons on your screen right here. Over the last two seasons, all three of them rank among the top 17 players in the league in receptions. They're actually currently the only trio of teammates to rank in the top 25 over that span, a real three-headed monster. So, RC, when you sat down with Devontae Adams, there was so much you guys got into yeah. but what did you take away as to what you think their expectations should be heading into the season he's one of the most intelligent humans I've ever talked to about wow. football right to be able to explain the things that he has to explain to be able to understand playing different positions kind of talking about Josh McDaniels offense and its complexity yeah. but also how he's challenged himself to learn it because he understands moving around it's what what's going to make them better here's another thing he's ultimately confident like, he legitimately believes, his words, I'm trying to murder you every single play. <laughs> but to say that, but to also know that if he doesn't have the matchup, Darren Waller will win. If, if Darren doesn't have it, Hunter Renfro has an opportunity that there's going to be light boxes against the run. He believes that this offense can be the best offense in the NFL. And I think when you've accomplished what he has and some of the players on this team previously accomplished what they have as well. You start kind of seeing that chemistry through mini camp and training camp. You believe the sky's the limit and Devontae definitely does. Man, it's hard to figure out that division, right? Because there's so much sure. talent there, but it all does in a lot of ways go back to Derek Carr, who Tim, I think deserves a ton of credit for what he did last season with this mm. team. But yet mm -hmm. knowing who's on the team now, Devontae Adams being a notable member there, how much pressure is on Carr? All kinds of pressure. Because nobody's going to say if this offense struggles, uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, he can't put an offense together. Nobody's right. going to say, oh, they don't have enough talent. I mean, we're all sitting here in acknowledgement that they have three players in their offense that could easily catch 100 passes, you know, in the right environment. And so, yes, it's 100% going to fall on Derek Carr. And I think this, and, and you referenced it, Laura, what he did a year ago, mm. I think across the league, gave the, the amount of respect yes. that is now, yeah. you know, kind of his direction in terms of the type of leader he is. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, after the head coach was let go and after the off-the-field issues that they had right. and all the things that were going on in the league at the time, he was the spokesperson for that team. Yep. He was the leader in the face of it. The way he handled it was remarkable. And so I think now, like, does that matter from an on-the-field perspective? 
I would argue that it does. Yep. I think that it translates. And now, you know, now you're dealing with more talent than you had around you a year ago. I think the only question ends up being is how quickly do they all learn that offense at the same pace? Hmm. And, and how comfortable are they with that offense? Ryan, you just talked about the complexity yes. of it. Things change after the snap in that offense. Is that an issue early on in the year, I think, is the concern? Yeah, right. And, and in that division, they don't have a whole lot of time, right, mm -hmm. <laughs> to figure things out to that point. Let's talk specifically about that three-headed monster that we anticipate with yeah. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. From the defensive perspective, how do you try and stop that? What would you do? Well, I think one thing is that churches are open during the week, right? <laughs> you don't necessarily have to wait till Sunday until chapel to start praying. And so I think, I think that's the first <laughs> thing. Now, on the other side of it is it's almost like pick your poison. The one thing Josh McDaniels has been credited for doing throughout his career in New England is morphing week to week to find the best matchup, to find the best possible way to attack their opponent. And I believe you'll see that this year. When Hunter Renfro has a one-on-one -on -one and the field is spread out, he's going to work inside the number. When Darren Waller, Darren Waller gets to play the number one, you're going to figure out, is this a corner that's matching him? Is it a safety? And any Devontae Adams matchup is a mismatch unless it's two of them. And so when you look at these things and you think about Derek Carr, and here's what I'm going to say. I was talking to the head of their PR, and he spoke about how much respect Derek Carr gained in the building last year wow. for the way that he led and for the way that he carried this team to the playoffs. People look at Derek Carr like he doesn't have talent, right? When, when, you, watch, when you watch a really good quarterback in the NFL, if there's no rush on him, footballs do not hit the ground. Now, you might make a play or somebody might drop the ball. It's going to be where it's supposed to be every play. And I got to watch Derek Carr practice, and I was like, yep. That's what it's supposed to look like. This yeah. dude is a top 10 talent. Now he has these players around him along with Josh McDaniels. I agree with Tim. How long it takes to understand and master the offense is important, but when they do, they're going to be trouble and they're going to be difficult to stop. You just wonder about how much of that narrative around Derek Carr came from the previous regime and John Gruden yeah. having a reputation of always looking for the next quarterback. I think mm. it's a completely unfair rap that he got. Yeah. And he's had the numbers to prove it, but this year could be even totally different. Let's go to Devontae Adams' old team, the Green Bay Packers. And all the people are concerned about how they're going to replace that production, right? But here's the thing. They still have that guy, number 12, Aaron Rodgers. You see him running out there on the field training camp. And David Bakhtiari, by the way, came off the pup list this week. For context, Rodgers recently made it clear he wanted more out of his wideouts, right? And then now here's what they're saying about him. I don't know if Sammy Watkins is trying to get on his good side here, but he's a guy who's played with both Patrick Mahomes and now Rodgers. He said this on comparisons, quote, I think Pat is incredibly good, but A-Rod is on a whole nother level. He's amazing how he controls the ball, how he puts everyone in place. I've been with a lot of quarterbacks, and I've never seen them carry themselves like Aaron Rodgers. So, Tim, as I referenced, a lot's been said recently about the wide receiver room for the Packers. But with Rodgers still a quarterback, how much confidence do you have in this offense figuring it out? Plenty of confidence. I, I'm not worried about this offense taking a step back whatsoever. They got two really good backs. Yes, they have young wide receivers, but I think the quarterback is so good that he's going to make everyone around him better. And here's why I say that. Over the last four seasons, Aaron Rodgers has thrown 136 touchdowns in 15 interceptions. That is, is almost incomprehensible. It is absolutely, it's essentially saying, I'm going to throw nine more touchdowns than I am interceptions every year. To go further with that, how about this yeah. stat right here? Touchdown and interception ratio 
for, for a guy that's thrown for over 4,000 yards in a season. Look who owns the top six seasons in ratios. Aaron Rodgers does. Number seven How? is Patrick Mahomes. Now, I get it. He's done it longer than Patrick Mahomes. But just a sense to, to, to kind of give you a sense of how much better he has been than everyone else in that regard. Look, a quarterback has a lot of jobs. Mm. Your main job is, like, throw it to your guys and then try to score. I mean, like, that's essentially <laughs> what your job description is. Makes it sound a, easy, right? throws a lot of touchdowns, and he doesn't throw it to the other team. It's hard yeah. to do. He's done it way better than anyone else. Yeah, Devontae Adams also said to us that Aaron Rodgers has the Michael Jordan effect. He makes everyone on the field better. But what I say to kind of Sammy Watkins' statement, like, duh, right? He was in <laughs> Buffalo. Well, nobody like Aaron Rodgers in Buffalo. He was in L.A. He was in Baltimore. Like, he's never played with anyone this accomplished in the world. And when you compare him and Patrick Mahomes, what's the one thing we always compare? We compare the talent. Right, with the, the off-balance throws, the ability to fit the football into tight spaces, be able to push the football down the field. Those are the things we keep those two on the same tier. Now, think about this. One dude's been doing it for a decade and a half plus, mm -hmm. right? And he's seen every defense. He's seen any type of scheme you could throw at him. So that experience should make you different. The four MVPs should make you carry yourself right. different. All of those things wrapped up in one like gumbo, should make the pot really dang good, and Aaron Rodgers should be different. It, this is not a knock on Patrick Mahomes, so nobody come out and say Sammy Watkins is dogging him because Pat, Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is great. But Aaron Rodgers walked into the world when he left the hospital, right, when he had his shopping cart and he was going out of the hospital, he had more than every other quarterback that's ever lived. And now on top of that, you've played for great coaches. You've been in Super Bowls. You've had opportunities being in NFC championships. You're going to be different. Mm. He's supposed to be. And when Tim gives us the stats, that is crazy. All that. It's the, just the, nuts. The, well, and here's the thing I think is remarkable. We saw Patrick Mahomes, who we're all agreeing is great. Think of the little interception run and turnover run they went right? on early last year. You know, sometimes you're unlucky, especially if you're aggressive with the football with both, which both guys are. I think it's also fair to Patrick Mahomes, and we clearly are not saying he's not amazing. But, you know, all these guys that are other places talking about him, like, it's a little bit like this. Like, you were great, but, like, you're not throwing me the ball anymore. So now well, that guy's really now great. My guy is the, the other thing is this, though, and I don't want people to miss that. It's also respect, right? Because yeah. this is the thing. You know if you play with Patrick Mahomes, if you ever bring his name up in comparison to your quarterback, you're only bringing it up because he's thinking amazing. That's a right? good And it's like, this guy is yeah. so good, right. but we're talking about him compared to him, and I'm thinking this guy is better. So if you are wondering, though, how Aaron Rodgers has performed without Devontae Adams, it's actually good news if you're a Packers fan. Since 2019, Rodgers 7-0 without Adams while throwing 19 touchdowns, only one interception in those games. So, listen, maybe it's going to be just fine. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Back to our top stories right this second in the NFL. Adam Schefter, what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, Laura, we've been waiting all offseason for an answer on Jimmy Garoppolo. We are coming up to the time when the 49ers are going to have to make a decision. But so is Jimmy Garoppolo because obviously the team can decide to either release him, maybe try to restructure his contract. What does Jimmy Garoppolo want to do? What's his best option? Both sides are going to have choices. But once this weekend's preseason games kick off and end, both sides will have to figure out what's in their best interest to move forward. It's not out of the question that Jimmy Garoppolo could decide to return to San Francisco if that makes the most sense, which is an option that a lot of people would not have seen coming. Maybe the 49ers still find a trade partner, depending on what happens in the last weekend of the season, or maybe the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo can't figure out a restructured contract and they decide to release him, in which case he wouldn't decide to do that unless he felt like there was a better offer out there. So there's a lot of things that both sides are going through right now, but it's about to come to a head in the next week or so. Yeah, Adam, really important information there, and you see it on your screen, $24.2 million base salary this season. So Jimmy G's like, if I'm not getting more or a better deal or better opportunity somewhere else, I'm just going to sit here and be paid my money. All right, thanks for that. Let's get to New Orleans, where Jameis Winston has been back in action, coming off his ACL tear. They're taking a cautious approach right to his return, but he's making steady progress. You see him out there, more live action daily. So what does a chance to return and lead this team mean to him? Here's Jameis. I feel a lot better. I've been getting better every single day. Like, it felt good to really be able to, yesterday, I, I could run a little bit more and move around a little bit more, because that's part of my game, you know, so I, I'm getting better every day. Yeah, every day, every day, I'm, 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 I'm really visualizing how I can make the best of this day. Uh, and, and last year, even though it was, you know, it was an improvement, uh, I can't wait to step back on the field and compete some more. Uh, because one thing I know that I would not take this opportunity for granted ever uh, again. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm just grateful to, to have that chance to go out there and, and stress some people, throw some touchdowns, win some football games, and make, keep y'all smiling, keep everybody smiling. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard not to smile watching this guy right now. RC, how much confidence, though, do you have with Jameis Winston leading the Saints heading into this season? I actually have a ton of confidence in the Saints and Jameis Winston. This has been a championship-caliber defense for the last three or four seasons, and now you look at the skilled players they've been able to put around Jameis Winston and give him opportunities to make big plays, but also watched him protect the football through eight games last season. And so if you're the New Orleans Saints, you have to understand that you start with the run, you move into the play action, but you're going to be a team that's also built on defense and Jameis Winston understanding he doesn't have to win it all on each play. I agree, Ryan. I think he's an ascending player. He's just 28 years old. He played a lot of football for somebody that age, and I think that the path of his career is one that I think ultimately ends up benefiting him. Plays as a super young player. Has some success, but certainly has some, some things not go his way. Has the benefit of being around some great offensive coaches, being behind yeah. a great quarterback. To learn from that, I would expect him to protect the ball better with that defense. 
with the, the receivers that they have right. there now. Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I, like, yeah. I, I think that that is definitely a team. Um, and I think there's enough carryover. Pete Carmichael Jr. is still the, yep. you know, the play, offensive coordinator and play caller yeah. there. But I think Jameis should play well. One thing I want to point out that I thought was really cool, only Matthew Stafford and Justin Herbert threw more touchdowns, 50-plus yards in the air last year than Jameis Winston. Those guys played all 17 games. Yeah. He played just seven games. It's mm -hmm. pretty impressive when you think about his game. All right, so as it relates to the weapons, though, Adam, what is the latest you're hearing on the health of wide receiver Michael Thomas? Well, think about this, Laura. When you think of who Jameis Winston threw the football to last year, now he potentially will have Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, and Michael Thomas, as you mentioned now. Thomas has been dealing with a hamstring injury that sidelined him during practice. Maybe it's a byproduct related to the fact that he hasn't played a lot of football the last couple of years as he's come back from that ankle injury. But the Saints want to be cautious here, knowing that the regular season is still a little bit under three weeks away, and they want to make sure Michael Thomas is healthy then, not now. And it doesn't sound like they're overly concerned or alarmed at this time, and I still think that there's hope and optimism that he could be ready in opening day. Yeah, Adam, you've pointed this out, and even back to the draft, it's like you can tell that the Saints think they're going to be really good <laughs> this year. The way they've invested in players, some of the moves they made, they're setting up for a team that they expect to be in the conversation in the postseason. Glad you're with us on NFL Live. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Remember this time last year, as you see Dak out at camp, he was coming off a brutal injury. Mike McCarthy in his first preseason as Cowboys head coach. Hard to believe only a year has gone by, but here's how Dak feels now about this team. Very, very optimistic. I think we're in a better position this year than we, we, we were last year. And I know it's what we have built here, the core, the leaders, and mixed with a great group of young guys who are hungry to make a name for themselves and getting this league running. I feel very, very confident about where we are and excited about where we are and just ready to, to keep building and, and get this thing rolling. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I hear you, Dak, but a lot of things look different on this offense. O-line's going to look a lot yeah. different. You know, you no longer have Amari Cooper. Are the Cowboys really in a better spot now, Tim, than they were a year ago? They are. I agree with Dak, and, and here's why. You mentioned the offensive line. They had one offensive lineman last year play every single game. It's not like they True. had this continuity up front that was a big deal. Yeah. Sure, Amari Cooper's gone. They've always done a good job of replacing talent with talent in Dallas. People can say what they want about Jerry Jones, the GM. They put good players on the field. Dak Prescott, I know I wasn't talking personally, but a year ago was coming off of a, a massive ankle injury. We weren't sure how healthy he was going to be. And then he gets shut down this time of year in training camp. Couldn't throw because of his shoulder. Mm. So all of that on the offensive side of the ball. But how about this? On the defensive side of the ball, last year at this time, they were coming off of a season where they were epically bad on the defensive side of the ball. They drafted a player, Micah Parsons, who people thought might be good, but they weren't sure. He shows up, and with Dan Quinn, after they fired their defense coordinator for one year, look at the adjustment they make on defense wow. from 2020 to 2021. It's like a different group entirely under Dan Quinn and with Micah Parsons having the impact that he had. So, yeah, I do think that they are different because they are significantly better on defense. And I have an identity on that side of the ball. Quarterback's healthier. 
And so even though they have questions on offense, that's a really good group and a well-coached group on offense. Well, I think what happens as well, though, is when you feel really good, you feel good about the things around you, yeah. especially if you're the quarterback. He's a quarterback that was coming off of a horrific leg injury and then also suffered a shoulder injury while in training camp. You're not going to be confident. You don't get an opportunity to get the reps to make you feel like you can come out and play at a high level. Now, what we didn't know is that came out and played an extremely high level to begin the season last year. And so if I'm looking at looking back at that and I'm now healthier, I've gotten to practice more, I've had more reps, I'm definitely going to feel really good about where the team is. You know what's interesting, Ryan? Very rarely do we have a season where the Cowboys are flying under the radar. Yeah. But this is his summer in which there's an awful lot of love for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Right now, you're not hearing as much about the Dallas Cowboys, and they're quietly going about their job with that improved defense, with the game, a rushing game that they're planning to put the focus on with some good young talent on that offensive line. What I'm also curious about is that Tim Hasselbeck, not usually the model of optimism and healthy positivity. <laughs> Negative. Like, he's a changed man. He's, he's, wait, he, he's, all, he's all over Jameis Winston, Tua Tungabailo, <laughs> Dallas. Everybody's great this year, Tim. I love this. Wow, Tim. Hey, nice. listen, Very it's refreshing. Up. Positive, Adam. You know that's my name. Positive. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, I like that. Uh, on that note, we like it at home. We got time for one more thing before we go. If you'll indulge us a little bit, it is the two-year anniversary of the relaunch of this show. We're so thankful to all who have been a part of it. Welcome to NFL Live. We are so glad you've chosen to join us. Look at me. You can see me. Dan's dancing. I'm uncomfortable. We'll be right back. Uh, thank you. And Philip Rivers is making this face. Okay? <laughs> yeah, big trust. Woo <laughs> woo! I'm going to end this case. Mina Kimes wins. I am totally a dude and I will bite off your kneecap. Watch out. Having your dream job and being able to do it every day is crazy. It still ain't registered to me. Guys, we couldn't do this without our amazing staff behind the scenes, so I do want to shout them out because this has taken so much work, and we would all be in a totally different situation without their help daily. So thanks to them. Also, shouts to the people that are not on the show today that are usually yep. here, which would be Marcus and Mina and Dan Orlovsky. Uh, we just, this has been a blast. And thanks to the people at home for joining us for all of this and being being our friends. It's felt like a real family, our nah, this has been this has been amazing. When, when the decisions were made, you don't really know how things are going to turn out. You go through COVID, you figure it out, and then you have an amazing year. And we still have more to go. This is not the end of us. Oh, yeah. We'll be with you all season long. So there's a whole lot more NFL Live every day right here on ESPN at 4 p.m. We'll see you tomorrow.